live from the studio in a bunker located somewhere in West Ridge. It is the Hard Talk Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Hard Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan, and I'm here with... This is Josh. Yoel. Yoel, do you want to talk a little bit about the uh, social media interactions and some of the feedback we've gotten? So we hired an outside company to uh, to monitor and to, to manage our account over... Instagram, not really familiar with uh, how Instagram works, but uh, I was told they, they did put a poll. Um, we, you know, we are obviously in touch. We do have our finger to the pulse with all of our fans. We get a lot of feedback, um, some of which feel that we're a little hard on uh, Josh. Uh, first of all, I do want to say that, uh, as been noted before, Josh is in my top 10 list of my best friends. So uh, it is not one number. Place. Yeah, what number? You've moved up on the list. Yes. Really? Yeah. I mean, over the years, definitely. <laughs> Obviously, since we were introduced to multiple chats on WhatsApp, right. and all of a sudden, it's like we're interacting it's, every day. It's interesting because he going used to back be... to the first episode, like you guys are quaint, more acquaintances. You're not yeah. even that is, close. Is it my top five? He was like in the like the 60s or 70s before that Cubs chat. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, he, you know, he started all of a sudden, I like we really. Yes, yeah, so we, we have a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of things in common. Our, our, our children are our friends, our wives are friends. The backgrounds are similar. Yeah. So um, definitely top 10. I would say probably hovering around, I don't know, four or five. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's, pretty good. That's I don't good. expect you to reveal number one, but would you tell us number two? I got to think about that. I got to come back to him. <laughs> he's uncomfortable yeah. yeah. yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. They're like, okay, this one, that one. It always depends. Depends on the week. Depends on the mood. You know, depends speaking depends of, if I'm triggered. Speaking of the, uh, I'm not a fan of that song you play, Jordan. I think it's sort of like your type of song. Mighty Mighty Boston's. Jordan's type of song is like Hold on, Josh bad is music. checking to see if our guest oh, is Oh, I here. thought he came. Okay, did you hear the doorbell ring or no? I didn't hear anything. Okay, never I mind. I have headphones on. Never mind. So tell me, why don't you like the song I played? <clears throat> it's just one of those like annoying songs that I would like hear on the radio and immediately turn off. Yeah, I didn't like it. I didn't even know. I don't even think I heard of it. It's ska music, as they, as they I say. I don't know ska. The first time I heard ska was there was some band at Hakotel called Ska Kotel. And like that was like the first time I heard the term. So whenever I hear ska, I just assume it's like a bunch of guys in yeshiva playing music on a guitar. Is <laughs> <Okay>. that <laughs> fair? I guess. If you're um, one second, if you were part of the Scott Hotel band, uh, you can please uh, email us at what is the email account? Hardtalkchicago at gmail .com. So Josh, hold on. You're very opposed to ska. Was Sublime not a big deal you when you were in high school? You big, didn't care for them? Not at all. They were at post high school, but I I've, I've never been a big fan of that type of that genre of music. I mean, the lead singer did die like before their big album came out. Fair, but doesn't change my mind. Okay, wait, but you, yo, you were saying something about can you the, need with the Instagram page? Yes, our social media. I was going right. to get back to it before I was cut off. Right, my, my apologies. Thank you. I hope I'm still top ten. Definitely, still around five. Excellent. Probably closer to five now than Excellent. four. So you know, we one of the polls that were put out there was you know, do we happen to you know pick on Josh a little too much? sort of uh, push his buttons and, you know, find his weaknesses and sort of make fun of him for it. Obviously, it's coming from a place of love. As mentioned, Josh is in my top 10 and probably in Jordan's top 25, would you say, Jordan? Jordan's a lot of friends. That's <laughs> what I would say. Yeah, I got to be in the top 25 by, by now. Yeah. He walks over sometimes in Shabazz. Yeah. In the summer, at least. I wasn't listening. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm in the top 25? No, no. Who? Did you put the card in? If you, your top yes. 25 list of friends, would you say Josh is, is, is in there? I'd say at this point, he'd have to be. Wow. I mean, the amount of time we spent together. You know, you guys, no, but I, keep I, mind, have a, keep I have mind. a list also, by the way. Let's not forget that. I mean, <laughs> people, there's a difference between people I communicate with and people like I can count on, spend time with, right? Yeah, I wouldn't I guess that, do anything right. with Josh except for record this. 
<laughs> like I would never go out to dinner with him. Uh, you go to a movie, like you just sit, maybe you know, sit in a chair and watch yeah, TV. But probably will never happen. No, I mean I just. That's me though. I'm just not a social kind of person. Let let it be known. We one time were planned to go to a concert together. Yes. There four tickets were purchased. Josh was one of the four, and he didn't show up. Who put out the money? I put out the money. He Venmoed me. I, He's I pay, pretty. I you. No, I yeah, you. you're pretty yes. quick with that. But it, it is disappointing. It's kind of a a lame letdown. That was, that was extenuating circumstances, up. but yes. Can you name the band? Blues Traveler. Venue. That I don't remember. It was at the Vic. The Vic. Okay. On I've seen them a bunch of times. They're, they're a good band. Did you have anything planned special like you were going to do with Josh? I mean, I know he was coming to like to the concert with you, but sometimes like you have like, oh, let's we're going to do this or take a picture together in, in front of the band. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. You plan a picture. I mean, yes. I know you have. A, you no, have, I don't know. I know, I know you have just... a rule about responding to your questions in different yeah, ways. That's great. So I'm just going to roll my eyes silently. <laughs> Listen, I, everything I do in life, or a lot of things I do in life, are, are all planned out, and I have just like these scenarios in my head. Like, okay, he's gonna walk out of his house and come to the car, and then like there's gonna be that moment, and then like, you know, what happens then? You know, you always have these different situations. I don't know what you're. Your ta- I don't know what you're talking about. Do you understand what he's talking about? Well, they, they were. You guys were meeting on some sort oh, of social oh, level. So, Wait, right. go, go back to the. Po- yes, we probably we'd probably like do a little high five. What's up? You know, one of those half. Right. Half hugs. You know, what's little, going on? How's awkward, your day? But, yeah. but then like, hey, you want to go get a beer? That's it. Right. Go see the show. Would Period. you go straight into the hug or like the handshake pull together? Handshake, into pull, the handshake together. pull dog. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, fair. That's, that's that. mine and Josh's relationship. It's also like it's not move. like we hadn't seen each other for six months. Right. Now we're doing a full on hug. Right. Agreed. Anyway, so we opened the poll to our, our, our audience and we did have uh, quite the feedback close. But in, in the beginning, the early it was very interesting not going to uh, disclose how many votes there were at various points, but at, at one point there were eighty percent of our listeners felt that uh, Jordan and I were a little too a little too rough on Josh, and they all happened to have the same last name, Krinsky. There were four oh. Krinsky. Oh, I didn't I didn't say four. Eighty <laughs> percent. But that was, that was that was early on, though. We yes, don't know very the early, very power. very early on. But obviously, Doctor and Mrs. Krinsky did a fine job of raising their children. They, you know, feel for Josh. Um, Thank you, Krinsky family. Um, so, so I appreciate on. it. And I, I, will, I will say I that. I think there was one vote that we yeah, I was don't pick on him too much. Four, 80%. That means there was one vote that said what? Uh, Josh's great friend, Seth Apple. You know, <laughs> he said, we, and then your neighbor said, we don't, uh, you know, push his buttons uh, enough. So we should push a little harder. The Krinskys are great people, and I appreciate the support. Well, we have conflicting views. I'm not yes. sure what to do with that. I mean, you guys both have a history with the Krinskys. I mean, obviously, you you know grew up in Lincolnwood, and uh, Josh married a girl from Lincolnwood. Right. So, um, and I'm looking forward to uh, perhaps starting a, a great friendship with the Krinsky uh, parents. Oh, because you moved to Lincolnwood. Yes. Oh, because okay. I bought the, the Lincolnwood connection with all three of us. Yes, but you know, the, the results of the poll were basically 50 percent says uh, we're a little too rough on Josh, but because. Josh is in your top twenty-five friend list, and he's in my top ten. Can we? Um, well, you said we can ignore. We can on. ignore Did the you say top five because why am I? No, around five. You're around five because so, so that, that's yeah. five. Top six. Right. It could be like walking in here if we have. I, I okay. You know, like I could walk out feeling really bad about myself. <laughs> be close By the way, I don't believe for a second that Yoel has five better friends than Josh. That could be true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I, yeah, I, I'm really sensitive and I could probably change, you know, my right. list. It, it, it doesn't take it does much fluctuate. to go, to go oh, up, up and down your yes, list. Yes. Right. That, One right, comment sure. and someone goes sliding down. Yeah, that's list. it. Yes, for sure. 
or a look or ignore or like, <laughs> okay, so, delete so me and read. On that note, we did receive a comment or a question from one of your old close friends sure. at our email, hardtalkchicago at gmail.com. That would be Will Lennon. Now, with the caveat that you texted me what he said, but I didn't check the email. I forgot to, and I don't have it on my phone. So <laughs> I think for the time being... Assume, just, he, assume he emailed you. He claims he sent the email. Yes. Correct. Okay. Well, let's Always assume been he an, did. Yes. Always been an honest man. So the question was more along the lines of... It's for you guys, so maybe you go ahead and ask. Sure, question. I mean, he, I guess he mentioned that you know he, he listened to a lot of our you know our history, uh, our fond memories of um, Josh just ran out to get our non mystery guest, Jonathan okay. Ida. So obviously, we speak fondly of uh, you know our days at Hill Torah and our, our upbringing and Mosheva. At least I went to Mosheva and Ida Crown. So we'll wanted to know why didn't we send our children there. Which is an excellent point. So I think one of the, uh, you know, at least for me, I would say uh, one of the answers are, I really appreciate my background, my upbringing uh, in terms of being well-rounded. But the chances, and I won't even say of, you know, me coming out normal, but, um, you know, a lot of people have, you know, gone through the same, uh, you know, upbringing and they don't end up sort of in the same place. A lot of kids don't, you know, start at Hilltor and end up at some point in the mirror and in the coal and, you know, Dafyomi and stuff like that. So it is a, a path. Flex. Yeah. Okay. Fair. It is a path that not many have uh, taken. So obviously, you know, it's not something that, you know, in terms of playing the numbers game, if I, I knew my kids, you know, would, you know, would end up doing the things that I do, then I'd be uh, more than happy. However, you know, it's a, it's a numbers game, so I would say they did it. Can you sum up that answer in one <laughs> no, sentence? Because no. I have no idea what you just said. I think we're going to scratch this question until next time. <laughs> no, we're Josh not. No, we're no. not. We, I, we, I, I, I just want to say, question I, Josh I came before back six minutes later, <laughs> yeah, he's still going thing. with the answer. I just I, let it flow. I, I was, like, trying to, like, buy time. Okay, so is this is this our guest? This, this is our guest. I'm not okay. going to introduce him yet. I want to stick to this question, try to get a real answer out of you all. The question was sent in by a listener who wondered. I'm going to change my answer right now. Had, I'm going to change my answer in one second. We're sentence. going to keep the first no, answer. No, though. no, no. My so, answer is. So I'm repeating uh, the question. Hill, Tor, and Ida Crown are too expensive. That is it. <laughs> End of story. Period. No, that, that's a fair answer. Yeah, done. That's a fair answer. Okay. Thank you. And it was Mosheva also. Yes, very expensive. Okay, Josh, Will Lennon sent the question in. Why, when you went to Hill Torah, Mosheva, Ida Crown, would you not follow in the same path and send your kids there? It's a very good question. I loved going to those schools. I think that they still stand for great things, and I'm a big fan of uh, a lot of the people there, a lot of the teachers there as well. I would just say that I think kind of at this stage of my life, I'm looking for different things for my family, for my kids. doesn't mean that one is better than the other. I just think that more represents me as who I am today. Okay. I don't have to answer this question because I have not been put in Why does position he, yet. I understand. I, he leaves me here sitting here to answer the question while he goes upstairs. So I have like 15 minutes to answer a <laughs> no, question. No, because you guys both gave nothing answers. Okay, fine. And <laughs> his was concise. So I'm satisfied I, I gave that. even more concise. I said it was too expensive. Well, I only went to Hillator for one year, so that doesn't count. And Skokie Solomon Schechter does not exist. And my kids are too young for Mosheva, so I'm exempt from you're, answering you're the question. Yeah, you never know where they'll end up. Okay, we have the privilege of having on a great doctor, surgeon, and a great man all together, and that would be Dr. Jonathan Ida. How's it going, guys? Hi, John. How are you? <clears throat> How are you? I'm Let, all right. Thank you. We like to come clean with our audience. Ida's not really your last name, is it? Why would you think that? <laughs> I found certain <laughs> I, found, I found certain documents that say otherwise. 
Perhaps there was a different name in Romania? That is correct. That's absolutely correct. Do you want to share with I us? I wondered if that was going to come up tonight. <laughs> you know <laughs> it. We, we, we start right strong. Start it is strong. A, it's an unusual name, isn't it? Euphorev? Is that how you pronounce it? What? Is that the name? <laughs> Am I off of that? What, what was the name? The name was Mark. What? <laughs> I'm completely off. It was close. Uh, oh, man. Your last Wait, name was Mark? The family last name in the early 1900s was Mark. Wow. You just know the last guest here was uninformed of how her great-grandfather died, and Jordan was the one who informed her. So it just could very she, well be. He fell down an elevator shaft so it could in 1937. Yes. Wow. So it could very well be that this was your family last that name. That could be. Uh, right, before right, Mark. Right, yeah, maybe you changed twice. We'll follow up afterwards so to find out how you how Maybe you Maybe that explain name. that. I think that is an interesting starting point. What part of Romania? So my parents were from uh, Transylvania. They were born in Transylvania, part of Romania. And my mom was from a town called Timisoara, and my dad was uh, from a little village called Spermazo, okay. something like that. Am I the only one thinking now there's an actual place called Transylvania? There is. It's a region. It was. It's yeah. a region. I, I never knew that. Yeah. You always yeah. thought it was from like Count yeah. Chocula. Yeah, exactly. Count, yeah. <laughs> it was like a made-up like yeah. fairy tale name, but okay, I'm learning new things. In the early 20th century, it traded hands between Hungary and Romania, Turkey, or, Turkey or, yeah. uh, several times. And one of the times that it switched, the Hungarians made our family change the last name to Ida because they thought it sounded more Hungarian. They were trying to Hungarize the population. Then World War I happened, and the records were lost, and it stuck. Yoel watched All Quiet on the Western Front last night, so he's just starting I'm, to learn about World War One. I'm very well versed in World War One, actually. Really? Actually, I always knew it was 1914 to 1918. If okay. that is the real time. Yeah, dates. sure. Okay. That was all. all Great. Right. And it was the Germans again. And then your your parents came to Ohio, or they had a stop in between? They went to Israel. Okay. They went to Israel. They were part of that uh, group in the early 60s that was basically purchased by the state of Israel from Romania. Like, they paid a certain amount per head for people to get out. And were you born in Israel? I was born in Israel. I mean, wow. I was born in Beersheba. Yeah. So you're an Israeli citizen? I am. Okay. What year was this? Was this 1962, by any chance? Yeah. It really? Yeah. Okay, because my wife's family, uh-huh. her mother, and their whole family, because in 62, there was like a small window of opportunity, and they actually came to America. They had cousins in Skokie, or a sister. I mean, my wife's grandmother had a sister in Skokie, so that's... In 1962, it opened up. They were just trying to get the heck out of there. So they were they were in, stuck in Romania, and I guess a lot of people went to uh, you know, to Israel, and others went to America. But it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. So, John, at what point did you move to America from Israel? Uh, I was a year and a half old, like okay. 1979. Do you speak Hebrew, Romanian, um, Hungarian? No. <laughs> None <laughs> of the above. <laughs> Fair. And then, and then your parents ended up where? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Akron, Ohio. Akron, Ohio. He's okay. the kid from Akron. The kid from Akron. Yeah, there's another guy, but no, we're about <laughs> we like you better. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what it, life was like growing up in Akron, Ohio. It was like the uh, epitome of a suburb. Is it far from Cleveland? It's about 40 miles from Cleveland. One second. So it's, it's very suburban, or is it more urban? Oh, it was definitely suburban. Really? Uh, where I was, for sure. I mean, there's an urban part of Akron, for sure, but it's uh, nothing compared to most. LeBron, urban. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, LeBron plays it like he's like from like from you the know, streets, right? From the streets and you know rough neighborhoods and you know very urban, but obviously well, I don't know. I'm assuming but, it's possible that there's a rough neighborhood. No, no, in Akron, I, I, that, that's why I was like, wait, like suburban, like suburban. So basically, LeBron grew up in Highland Park. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Or, 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 okay. Oh. I mean, I don't know the uh, rough parts of Akron sure. that well, but I suspect okay. they're not as rough as yeah. most towns. Okay. So. <laughs> okay, then so you, throughout your whole childhood, were in Akron, Ohio. You went to the yeah. local schools there, public school? Public school. Okay. Your high school. And then you stayed in Akron for college? No. No. Okay, so tell I us. I went to the University went. of Arizona. Nice. 
So did my father-in-law. Oh, yeah? It's yeah. a party school, isn't it? Isn't yeah. it one of the top party schools? Arizona State. Arizona State. Oh, okay. My bad. Tucson. <laughs> University of Arizona is more of a sleepier, sleepier gotcha. kind of school, yeah. Okay, so you grew up in, I don't know how to say this, a very smart family. Your father has like a billion degrees in teaching and... Yeah, I mean, my father is. is definitely the smartest person I know. Okay. There's, um, a, lot of, there's a lot of letters after his name. He's a, he's a professor of electrical engineering, no international speaker in that, taught for 45 years. And does he still, quite does brilliant he still teach or no? He's retired. Yeah, so he retired. He took sort of like the post-COVID early retirement, and, and then they brought him back on, and or I think they're paying him more than they were before to wow. teach. So it's, you know, it's a good deal all around. So he gets to keep teaching and be retired, so... His CV, which is online, is very intimidating. You ever say, like, Dad, maybe chill out a little bit? Uh, no. I never <laughs> said that to him. <laughs> My dad's career was uh, is very impressive. We're all very proud of it. That's great. <laughs> and your career is also very impressive. So tell us how you got into the field of medicine. My mother tells me she used to whisper in my ears when I was a baby that I was going to be a doctor. So I figured it started there. I don't know that I always intended to do that, but it was always sort of in the background. And sort of when the time came, you know, to decide, it was sort of one of those things that just seemed to fit. And um, Were there other know, doctors in the family, medical doctors? I'm the first. Okay. Did you always yeah. want the specialty you have now, or did that kind of change? No, not at all. I thought I was going to be a pediatrician. Okay. And then I decided once I started doing my surgical rotation, I was like, oh no, this is <laughs> surgery is the way to go. And then I found then I found ENT. So you went to medical school where? I went to medical school at uh, Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland. Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And then you go off to where for your internship? I did my internship and residency in New Orleans at Tulane University. And what years were you there? 2004 to 2009. So that would coincide with Hurricane Katrina. Yeah, one major event, right? Yes. So tell us what that was like. So that was a major event, right? I mean, it was um, it was life changing. Y- you want like the full story? Well, yes. well let, let, let me the prep story. Did they? Did they have? Well, did, did you evacuate, or you so, stuck around? Number one. We're going to slowly. But, but play did, by play. before it started, did they have like? Do you know this was coming like weeks before, or was it sort of like? I don't remember. Was Wait, it like, I, I, I remember. It, I remember one specific thing actually by your brother Noah. That there was like a very, you know, they were warming. This big storm is coming, big storm is coming, and then it rained and it was pouring down, but the, it was before any of the levees broke. So, like, it rained, but all it wasn't like flooding yet. And I remember your brother posted on Facebook the most overrated storm of all time. <laughs> Wait, then, first of all, yeah. that's not possible. Facebook didn't exist. It did. I'm telling you. It did. I, I'm uh, telling you. Yeah. This no, is yeah. 2005. No, it did not. I'm telling you. This it is a false memory, y'all. No. Impossible. Well, I'll add that my cousin, I have a cousin that was at Tulane as an undergrad at the time, and I remember him having to evacuate maybe every single year. Usually it wasn't such a big deal. It turned out to be nothing, but you'd go home for the weekend right. or go with a buddy somewhere and yeah. come back. So yeah, I mean, they, they, they call them hurricanes. Yeah, yeah, it was, it, <laughs> yeah, it was a hurricane coming. It was a Category 5, I think, that was coming. So they knew it was coming. But no, they didn't know, this, know the severity yeah, 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 yeah. of what was Okay, but anyways, right. let, let's let John talk yeah. about yeah. yeah, He was the one that was <laughs> there. He was actually there. Yeah. Unless you're remembering 20 years ago <laughs> from Chicago, it doesn't really do the trick. So it was the second year of my residency. For all of us who grew up in the Midwest, we're used to tornadoes, right? Like there's a big thunderstorm and... By the time a tornado would have hit, that's when you get the warning. It's like you've got like right, seconds. Nothing. Right. So what I found interesting with hurricanes is like you find out it's coming and then you spend two weeks watching that thing spin on the news right. slowly towards you. So there's this huge anticipation waiting to see what's going to happen. 
So finally, it was like apparent that this was like a really big storm, and it was going to hit pretty directly towards New Orleans. How much time did you have before it was going to hit? When oh, people well, realize that days, that's like days. Like okay. you know, three or four days when you realize it's going to be it's, a it's close to direct hit. Yeah. And so they figure out who's like who is essential personnel and who's not. And as a brand new second year resident, I was definitely not essential personnel. My wife stayed. She was a nurse at the same hospital where I was doing my rotations. Well, I'm sure we'll get to that as well. But I evacuated over to Lafayette with some friends and uh, spent you know a couple of days having fun. And where? then Lafayette, Louisiana. Oh, Lafayette. Okay. So, yeah. so your yeah. wife is literally as this hurricane's happening, she's in the, the she's in the thick of it. She's like in the county hospital. Wow. Yeah. And the storm, like you said, you were exactly right. The storm passes and everyone just takes a, you know, big breath of relief and everything seems fine. And then like, you know, three or four in the morning, we start getting phone calls that the water's rising, right? So you just start hearing there's water in the streets. They don't know exactly where it's coming from. There's communications are all knocked down all over the city, but you're getting word that there's At that point, the hurricane rising. was already gone. This is just the, the hurricane had passed. It was a nice sunny day the next day, and everything's calm. And then the water just starts rising outside the. And you know, it was everywhere. sunny outside, mm-hmm. like the the clouds already passed. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, it was like summer in New Orleans. It was like 98 degrees. And you so. walk outside, and there's literally like a swimming pool. There was there was water. It was slowly rising. Now, you know, what was all it, around the eighth the ward or something like that? Ninth ward. The ninth ward. Ninth yeah. ward. Okay, is the that where ward. you were located at the time? So no, the ninth well, ward was, was like. Uh, you all, no, no, you were I, looking I'm at sorry. your phone just now. <laughs> I was I don't actually looking, looking up Noah Rosen, but I couldn't find him <laughs> on Facebook. But I mean. Was your wife like? Were you in so, the area before where the ninth ward is? So the ninth ward is like the uh, like the poorest neighborhood. Right. And so that actually became a big sort of flashpoint afterwards because right. why are the poorest people in the lowest lying areas that are most prone to flooding, etc.? It's pretty simple math right. there. But <laughs> right. um, so no, not at all. But that is where it broke. But the water just rose all over the city. Because, right. You know, the city is below sea level. It's below river level. You actually have to walk up a hill to get to the river. Okay, to the river wow. bank. It's, and so like, were things open? Like, was like. No. There was no, no like, so, right, like stores were not open. No, nothing was open. First of all, there was no power anywhere right after the storm. But even after, you know, my I got my wife out and we left for a month and we came back after a month so I could continue my residency, she could go back to work. There was almost nothing open. For the, I mean, a month was, afterwards? Oh, for a few, a couple months. Wow. Absolutely. I mean, there were some grocery stores that were selling, you know, basic stuff. And uh, I mean, I remember when the, the burger place down the street finally opened. For takeout only, that was wow. it was very welcome. Hey, I've never been to New Orleans, but it's not a big city, from what I understand. No. Right? I mean, you think of it as a big city because it's like sports teams, but it's it's really not yeah. That. I think it's like one point two million people. Okay. It includes the outlying areas. Yeah. Uh huh. So so you be you weren't there when Katrina hits, when the levee breaks and the water rises. You're not there. You're in Lafayette for how long after the hurricane? I was there for about five days. Five days, the and then you came back five days later. Yeah. So I came and I got my wife. I picked her up when she finally got out because she was stuck in the hospital for five days over there without any, you know, power. Literally sleeping no at power. the hospital. Was there water? Was there food and water there? Nothing. Mm-hmm. There were there were sort of like shipments of food here and there, canned food being dropped off. And how do patients stay? Like they need electricity, right, to live. A lot of them. Yes. There was no generator, nothing. So she would tell me the stories. I mean, that morning at four in the morning, when they see that the water's rising and that they're power generators are in the basement, you know, they start saying, okay, we're going to need to figure out who we're going to dedicate our energies toward. Wow. And they well, tried no, to I, evacuate patients by yeah. helicopter also. Were they able to get a, a Yeah, they did. Out? So so Tulane, as a, as a private hospital, was hiring helicopters to come 
and evacuate patients. And was Tulane the, also Tulane was below. across the street. Was this, was this yeah, the this, summer? When did it hit? Did it's it? all dead. These are all downtown. What, what, downtown what time downtown. of year was this? This is Late end of August. August. End okay, of so August. It was hot. It was really hot. So yeah. there's no AC. There's obviously. no AC. And these patients are older and yeah. they need AC. They were taking uh, oxygen tanks and breaking the windows of the hospital to, to get, get air. To get air. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was a nursing home, a couple of nursing homes, I think. Yeah. They had like 30, 40, you know, patients yeah. or residents, you know, yeah. die or because yeah. they couldn't evacuate them. But they managed to start bringing the patients over to the two-lane uh, parking garage across the street where the helicopters were landing. And the, this is from the county hospital. And they kind of showed up and were like, you know, well, what are you going to do? You're going to just leave us here? And the, the patient's sitting here on a bed. Like, like a so, triage? So two-lane started like flying all the charity patients out, charity, charity hospital. Uh-huh. So even when you return, the devastation is immense. Mm-hmm. And it's still going on. I mean, there was still everything was still flooded when you got there? Or no, the, the water had receded by then. Okay. Water had receded by then, but... Um, there's still a lot of damage, like all the houses. lots of damage. You know, I go back to my apartment, and there's no power in the... Were people still living I, in the Superdome? I didn't empty my fridge before I left, so, you know... Were people still in the Superdome at the time when no, you got back, or no? no that, that, was only, that was a couple days? days? That was two, three days? Yeah. Okay. But, you know, you get back, and you, like, just... You don't even open the fridge. Right. You just, like, duct tape it up and roll it out to the curb, and, like, the entire city, the curbs were right, lined that, yeah, with yeah. refrigerators. Wow. I mean, there was no garbage service, obviously, no, so... None, but there were, interestingly, it, it like, it, it spawned an industry there where there were people who uh, who decided that they were going to bought some garbage trucks, and they became the new wow. garbage people, and they actually did it better than it had been before, so they were sort of, like, local heroes for... <laughs> I mean, there were blocks the that were just decimated. Every single house yeah. and everything was just neighborhoods, yeah, right? the Ninth Ward, for example. Ninth, right. Was, was, those were the ones where, the, like, the cars sure. were in the trees, those pictures that wow. you saw. Did you get a new place? Like, what? how does that work when you showed back up? My place was three blocks from the river, which was the high ground. So <laughs> okay. I, had, I had no damage whatsoever. <laughs> Except for the fridge. <laughs> Except for the fridge. So you got new cold I got guys. a new fridge. Did you complain to your landlord? <laughs> By the way, like power was out. I'm not paying rent this month. Right. You didn't exactly. have cable. <laughs> and then I guess with the fallout in the hospital, what was it like as a second year resident? Do you think it was a crazier experience than other second year residents? Yeah, I would say so. You go back into the city, and there's barely anybody there except for maybe ten thousand National Guardsmen and you know a smattering of locals who just absolutely refused to leave and wouldn't leave. And so the, the place was like empty, but there was one hospital open, and that happened to be the one that I was doing my rotation at. And so I was like the resident at the one hospital. So we got tons of work, which is what you want when you're training in medicine. You want to be busy. You want to be doing all the work. So um, I think that year I did something like 1,300 surgeries. Wow. It was like, Jeez. It was, a, was, it was bourbon. A, it was yeah. a bourbon street. Is that what it's called? The, uh, the famous, yes. area. was that still, was that open afterwards? I mean, I assume that was in higher grounds because I don't think. That yeah. Was the destroyed. French quarter okay. is high the ground. French quarter, right? Yeah. Oh. The French quarter is high ground, but, um, but there was no one around there. There were some things open, but it wasn't a lot. I mean, remember that place runs on tourism. So, right. Yeah, I mean, nobody was coming. going to New Orleans. No. no, right. No, I remember they, there were people going on missions to like rebuild houses and stuff like that. But that was like even for like a couple of years. But there were there were curfews too. You weren't allowed out wow. and out and about after. Was there, six. Or there was it like civil martial law? Like were there cops? Like yeah, yeah. Yeah, interesting story. I went to. You guys ever heard of the museum that was in Washington D.C.? It was like I've a been museum there. of news. It's closed now, but yeah. When we went, um, you know, you you start on the floor level. They have a little like Berlin Wall exhibit, and then you right. take an elevator up to the sixth floor. And then you like work your way down floor by floor. So my wife and I went years back. It was before we had kids. And we went up to the sixth floor and the elevator opens. And there was a wall that I drove past every day to work where someone had spray painted on there right after Katrina. 
I'm inside with two loaded shotguns, three angry dogs, and an ugly wife. <laughs> Enter at your own risk. And it was sitting there in front of us, and we both just gasped because wow, you remember yeah, we knew it. Oh, yeah, 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 it was wow. hard to forget. <laughs> All right, I mean, there are stories there with you know there were bodies you know on the roofs of uh, you know houses and helicopters. I mean, it was just crazy. What was like the craziest thing that you saw? Coming back. I mean, I know you, you got there five days, you know, later on. I mean, what I mean, was the situation I, then? I don't think that I saw anything necessarily specifically, you know, as part of the, the hurricane. I certainly okay. saw some interesting things afterwards uh, through work. Okay. For sure. But just living in a, a city of a million people where there's probably about 20 to 30,000 people living there at that time. Was, was there a lot of crime then? And just everything was anything, everything was vacant it and was, everything was, was destroyed? And yeah. It was empty. By the time we got back there, everything was under control and... and you know, there there was still plenty of looting. You know, oh, there, I'm saying there, there still was looting even months. Yeah, afterwards, there was still looting. Or, on. One of the crazy things I saw was more medical. I don't want to. I'd be disgust everybody here. But <laughs> I think that's fine. I it think was we yeah. actually. <laughs> right, Go so, for it. All right. So I was on I was on call one night and I got a call from the emergency doctor. He's like, "I need you to come in. I don't think I've ever seen an injury like this." I roll up my eyes. Okay, I'm coming. You don't have to be so dramatic, right? Was you all that doctor? <laughs> He's dramatic. By the way, Yoel and let it be known, Yoel and John have never met. Correct. Or maybe right. they've met, but like I've seen, they, I don't we've know, seen each other around. Yeah, yeah. We've seen each other around. Yeah. So wait, 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 finish this. Yeah, go to so go. I don't want to interrupt. I'm sorry. So this this guy, I come in. This guy was in the back of a moving truck. His buddies were in the front of the moving truck. They were looting. And of course they were all drunk. And so, and this is in the middle of the night, they drive the truck into a levee and something fell on this guy's face. And it basically gave him a clean slice down his nose onto the sides of the chin. And his face was basically like flipped down. Oh, my gosh. His face was gone? This part from here, like around here. But the nose down was kind of clean like a guillotine slice and flipped down kind of laying on his chest. So he had no mouth? It was there. It was just under his his face fell off. His his lower lip was attached. The top is that the worst. Is that the worst thing you've ever seen? It was the most amazing thing. Yeah. Wow. I like to point out. Was he able to talk? No. No. I've actually seen that before, in the movie Face Off, starring John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. (laughs) Never seen it. (laughs) That's too bad. Great movie, (laughs) and I will not see it. (laughs) You should. Not that I would see it. Okay. So then, how long? How much longer did you stay in New Orleans after the hurricane? Another four years. Did you rally around the Saints like when they had that first oh, game oh, and then yeah. the Super Bowl? Yeah, you remember that game? Of course. That was, that was great. They finally came. What was that, one. Monday Night Football? It was a Monday Night Football. Yeah. Remember that block punt into the end zone? Uh, I don't touchdown? remember that. Was it against the Falcons? Yes. I surprisingly do not remember this. Yeah. Yeah, it was a big yeah. deal. I remember Drew Brees. And that's when like Drew Brees deal. came right. over and they yeah. finally got good. And then, you know, right when we left, they won the Super Bowl. So they're like the city for America. Do you still root for them? Yeah, I do. Unless they're playing my team. Which, which is your team? The, the Browns? Browns? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then after New Orleans, where'd you go? Went to Cincinnati, where I completed my training. I did a, a, a fellowship in pediatric otolaryngology. Where in Blue Ash? <laughs> uh, I was actually in Golf Manor. Okay, I don't know this. Uh, Golf Manor, Amber <laughs> Can you repeat that? Oh, that's really good. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. really good. Can you repeat that word? What was that? Astro, what was that? What? Gastro, something. The medical term pediatric of otolaryngology. 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 Yeah. Okay. Air, nose, and throat. Yes, that's correct. ENT. If you prefer seven-syllable words, it's, <laughs> it's otolaryngology. Okay, so you Every- complete your training in Cincinnati, and that's where you become a real surgeon, ENT, everything like that. Mm-hmm. You finalize everything. Now, from what I understand, you know, you didn't come from an orthodox background. 
dissimilar to Yoel and Josh. I think you in your adulthood found it. I as a as a child of parents that uh, joined the Orthodox community, and it was it in Cincinnati that you kind of joined the community. And how did that happen? So in Cincinnati is where we really kind of like dove in. If you guys have speaking other spoken to other people who are Balei Chuva or, uh, or uh, converts, you know that the best way to do it is as a process. You don't want to like dive right in, burn yourself out, overwhelm yourself, whatever it might be. So we actually started in New Orleans. My wife was interested in becoming Jewish, right? So those of you who don't know, my wife is African-American. She actually took the initiative and started meeting with a reform rabbi. He took her on as a potential conversion candidate. You, you knew her at this point? I knew okay. her at this point. I say, what made yeah. her want it? Because you were Jewish? Yeah. She says, okay. Yeah. I was you Jewish. weren't interested yeah. in becoming religious at that point? I, I wasn't okay. interested in becoming Orthodox. Was no. this after you were married or Mm-mm. was it like, no. a pre- like a prerequisite yes. to get married? Or? Not necessarily prerequisite. I'm saying I mean, at, at that like time, a, like, was it like, okay, like if we want to get married, then you're going to have to become yeah. Jewish. And she's like, okay, I'll just go to the Yellow Pages and yeah. find I think rabbi. so. I mean, I mean, she she found this uh, Reform rabbi. And it was, it was so this is the this is the Hashkach Pratis here. The Reform synagogue happened to be the one that the Orthodox congregation was now davening at because their shul was destroyed. Mm. Wow. Wow. And so we were going to the Friday night services with the, you know, the guitars and the the, fem- the female cantor, right? I'm singing. And one night the Orthodox rabbi was over there and he just was kind of hanging out and he started talking to my wife. And so she started looking into Orthodoxy and then she started going to their services and actually staying over by them for Shabbos. And he's, of course, then I started, you know, coming over for Shabbos, and that's kind of how we got started with. The Were you like guilted into it? She's like, "Hey, I'm doing your religion. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta <laughs> come to this side." Let's go. You know, in a community like that, where there's, you know, a handful of Waktishal families, sure, you've got the kind of rabbi that's really charismatic, right. and it's like he's like a Riverdale guy who's like in. Was okay, like, sure. Uh, was it Avi Weiss? Okay, Avi Weiss? yes, yeah. yeah, an Avi Weiss rabbi, sort of very open, welcoming, very easy to, uh, very approachable, and so that's that's kind of how we got. Dragged in. Was there like a fight? Like the reform rabbi was like offended that you guys went over to the other side, or, I don't think or so. everything no. was great. Okay, it was fine. Go to that I rabbi. Think he was perfectly rabbi. happy. Okay, awesome. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. then you both kind of did it slowly, but the process was with both of you kind of simultaneously mm-hmm. at that point. Yep. Correct. Okay. And then, so then was it a hard decision when you left New Orleans because that's where like <laughs> this religious support was? When you're going off to Cincinnati, was that kind of like a terrifying idea? Like, how is this going to continue? I don't think we thought about it. I think now we would have thought about were it that like way. Curious, like, oh, I wonder if there are Jews in Cincinnati. Like, but, were you like curious about that, or like, like, I wonder if they have you know all this you know Jewish you know institutions and you know Jewish life that they have here in New Orleans, like you know in Cincinnati, or we certainly had no idea okay. what like a Jewish community looked sure. like, not right. at all, because the the one in New Orleans really wasn't it, and we didn't live in it. The, the you know Jewish community in New Orleans right. was out in the suburbs, and we lived okay. in the city. You know, going into Cincinnati, we kind of went in eyes completely shut, like. You know, so we we bought a house that we knew was in the community, and I went and found the shul and started talking to the rabbi. Was there a wine rub there at the time? Or? Not yet. Okay. He moved there when we moved here. Actually, I see. Okay, but it, was it his his shul or is no. it the one across the no. street? Uh, no. Isn't, isn't there was, one across the street over uh, there? Around the corner. Okay. Yoel loves... You know Cincinnati pretty well. Yoel's worked in Ohio. He has a lot of... Yes. Like, he loves talking about Ohio. Correct. But yeah, we were... Um, I think we we went in very naive. 
definitely. But um, Cincinnati was also a very welcoming community, as a lot of small sort of you know, frontier Judaism was communities there Robinson are. there at Rabbi the time? Robinson was in the Kollel there. Okay, sure. Uh, several people. Uh, Mendelsberg. Mendelsberg. Okay. Was yeah, there? Sure. Asher Mendelsberg was yeah. there, and Yitzhi Stern was okay, there. Sure. They yeah. were both there. All three of them were in the Kollel there very at nice. the same time. So the, the community very much sort of you know took us in and welcomed us and... and it was actually a really, really and great at, experience. At, actually, a really great sort of stepwise. Were you guys summer Shabbos like at the time already, or um, learning to be? When or? we moved, we decided we were going to be. And kosher was probably easier there because there was more kosher food available in than New Orleans. Than New Orleans. Yeah, for sure. yeah, okay, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so so there's a transition there. There's kind of taking the diving head in at that point in becoming summer Shabbos. Cincinnati is a larger community. You're a doctor there, so how long were you living in Cincinnati for? We were in Cincinnati for two years. That was the length of my fellowship, after which I came here. You know, I don't know if you've heard, you know, for example, Rabbi Robinson talk about it, but Cincinnati is this community full of characters, like really... <laughs> Unlike Chicago. Interesting characters. So was Chicago a big letdown when you got here? Letdown? No, not at all. It how, was how it was a bit of a Chicago? culture shock. Was it just a job in terms of what brought you to Chicago? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the the specialty I do is air, I do airway work. I do sure. uh, tracheal and laryngeal reconstructions on on little bit on babies who have tracheostomy tubes. And the guy who was doing that here at at Children's Memorial, the old Children's Memorial, he was close to retirement, so they were looking for someone, and I thought that would be a good oh, wow. opportunity. So, and then you decided on West Rogers Park as opposed to other neighborhoods. We did. We why, did. We, why uh, was that? So we were asking people, you know, in Cincinnati about the various neighborhoods, and there were basically, I mean, I don't think we even knew about Northbrook, but there were basically three, right? There's Lakeview, there's Rogers Park, and there's Skokie. We didn't really know about Lincolnwood or Peterson Park either. Coming out of Cincinnati, I don't know if you guys know that much about what the Cincinnati community is like. It's this very friendly community, but it's got this very sort of polar clash, if you sure, will, yeah. between the two camps, right? Like the between cola, the, like, well, between the cola community, yeah. where the community is growing really fast, sure. and then that sort of quote unquote modern part of the community that's disappearing and moving right. to other places. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the reform versus Orthodox because that yeah, that's yeah, maybe that's, an earlier battle. Oh, that was Cincinnati uh, Silver and right, yes, yeah, Rabbi Silver and the ref, the reform community. The uh, what's the uh, college called? Hebrew uh, Union. Hebrew Union College. Yeah. Hebrew Union is Xavier. in Cincinnati, so it's really kind of like the capital of Reform Judaism in Illinois. Right. Yeah. Okay, but I guess it's a that flashpoint, right? No, you. that wasn't. That wasn't much. <laughs> oh, but he, you're like seventy years <laughs> yeah, later. Yeah, he, he wasn't in the thirties. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you come to Chicago, you hit the ground running. What year was this? This was in 2011. Did, 2011? did you know people when you moved here? Do you have like? Did you know any? Nobody. Not really. Uh, I actually had a very good friend who lived in Bucktown. He moved back to Cleveland a couple years later. So, no, we really didn't know anybody. So you first moved to West Orders Park when you got here. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah, we lived down like Devon and Sacramento. Devon in Sacramento. Devon, I live there. Devon in Sacramento. an apartment. We're in, we're in the you know those building? townhomes. Those townhomes oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. Stefanski had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We, yeah. we rented one. He let us rent one, like the model home. Okay. For a year. <laughs> and then you moved to where you live now. Correct. Okay. So yeah. that was the 6300 block? Sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> Map quest. Okay, hold right, on, exactly. hold on. Let me think how to transition <laughs> this. How, you know, Cincinnati was a smaller community. We've talked about some of the differences, but... How was it being welcomed into the Chicago community? It's a much larger town. It's easier to get lost. And as kind of a somewhat relatively newcomers to the Orthodox community, what was the transition like here? Right. Did like Lubavitch try and take you in when you first came in? Because it's right near like a you know, heavily Lubavitch area. Yeah, Bay Ruben, right around um, the corner. 
I, I didn't end up going to Bnei Reuven very much um, off the bat. I was sort of, I found out, I, I sought out Beis Yitzchak. Okay. I kind of found sure. that small show with interesting community. And they, I think Rabbi Crandall had just started sure. okay. being the rabbi there. And, and he was actually one of the first ones who really took us in. We were also coming to Kins a was fair Macor amount. Was McCor there? Uh, um, are they already I moved? I think they had just moved Okay. Out. And we were at Kins a fair amount, which, sure. so, so I think we met a lot of people very quickly. Okay. I and think I, I think remember you a little bit towards like the the early Kins days. Well, it shows how friendly Yoel is because <laughs> yeah, you're literally just naming off institutions that so, he so, frequents. Yes. And <laughs> so people were friendly to you off the bat. Absolutely. Besides I mean, me. we, we got married right before we moved here. I mean, we, we, we got married in April of 2011. We moved here in July of 2011. And you kind of start showing up on a regular basis with this, you know, the couple that we are and people want to kind of find out who you are. So it was, we were, we were definitely welcomed. I think people were very interested in us. And, and I got to say for the size of the community, I think this is actually a very friendly community. There's a lot of sort of generational influence, all these families that are like, you know, multi-generations that have been here and a lot of people who marry within the community. While it's insular, I don't feel like people are standoffish at all. Yeah, I, would, I would agree with that. You would? Yeah. People I, are nice I, to you. I think Chicago is a friendly place overall. <laughs> yeah. Not me. <laughs> Sticks to my people. <laughs> so the, the move from south of Prad all the way almost towards Howard, though, so that kind of throws, did that throw things off? You, you know, you're a lot farther than maybe the people you became familiar with. Yeah, somewhat. But, you know, I had known doc, uh, Dr. Dr. Robin, Rabbi Robinson in Cincinnati, and so I was making an effort to kind of come up to McCor here and there, and so I was meeting people there. And the time that we moved up was a time that a lot of people actually from, I think, Kins were actually moving north of Tui sure. also. And so all of a sudden when we moved, it was really about the same time that a lot of people were moving up north from, from where we were meeting people anyway. Like when I was a so, kid, I don't think I knew anybody lived on the other side of Jarvis. Like Jarvis was like the right, edge, right. and like nobody lived no past there. Right. It's, it's a lot different now. Yeah. So I, I obviously want to keep confidentiality here. I don't want to disclose where exactly you live, but I want to point out that you have maybe the worst speed bump in <laughs> Chicago right in front of your house. You just gave it away. I, I, <laughs> no, there's a couple bad ones, I right. think. But I, I heard um, Parkside Estates has really bad ones now. Really? Yeah. Was that there when you moved to that? That would have dissuaded me. That was not there when we moved in. They they repaved about a year after we moved in, and they put on those giant speed bumps. Was it one yeah. of those that you like hit scrapes the bottom of your car? Every no time matter you how yes. slow you're going, all the time. Why don't you just go on the lawn? Why don't you speak to the alderman, guys? Yeah. Guys, going slow on speed bumps. Amateur, amateur hour. hour. <laughs> really? Yeah. Come on. No, <laughs> I don't know about that one. I, I think I disagree with that. If you yeah, you got a low car. car. If yeah, your car's gonna bottom out, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the risk you got to take. Okay, so you're a serious guy. Your dad's a scientist. You're this big doctor. You're saving lives left and right, doing you know <laughs> names I can't even pronounce. You also kind of can let loose. Maybe that's why people are friendly with you because, from what I understand, you're kind of like a guy that can kick back. Specifically, from what I have heard, a big fan of a band that you share in common <laughs> with Josh. That is correct. Tell um, us when that started. That started. Uh, it was the summer between my freshman and sophomore year of high school. Is when that started. You want to tell us so, the band? Yeah, so it's, uh, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm a Fish fan, uh, the band Fish. I went to my first concert with some like older kids in high school in the summer between uh, freshman and sophomore year of high school, and uh, it kind of took off from there. It's funny uh, because when I first found out John was into Fish, I someone told me that, and I was like, John Ida, <laughs> like the doctor, <laughs> and, and he, thought I, the, he thought the same about me, right? I mean, right. When when I found out that Josh was, I was like, really? Josh? <laughs> Can I say something about Fish? 
please. I don't yes. know a single song of theirs. <laughs> so Yoel, Yoel is the least music. I'm not a fish guy. I've been to a a fish concert. Can you name a song by Fish? They don't have songs. They, you just go to concerts. Like I don't believe they have songs. <laughs> what, what, do they, say, what do they do? At the I don't concerts? know. They just like do a lot of drugs <laughs> and they're at a concert and then they all leave. They say, okay, we'll just say we listen to music and we were here together. We had this experience and then we'll just go back. But I like mean, that's not a bad breakdown. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm just like pretty much. Yeah. So so Yol is the least musically inclined here, and I'm not a fish guy. So what I would ask is, and Josh, you could also throw your thoughts in here. Is that Fish is not just a band that people are kind of a fan of. Listen to this album, that album. It's like it's a movement, right? It's a it's a following. It's people a go to it's a community. People go to hundreds of shows, and we'll see them, you know, many many times in a single summer. Explain maybe the appeal to Yoel. The appeal. I mean, I'll be honest. I think that a lot of fish, to some degree, is nostalgia. You know, for people like Josh and I who were going to lots of shows in the you know early and mid '90s, it's it's sort of what we grew up with. Is it the same honestly. people, same band, the same yeah. band? Yeah. Same. Yeah. They're not the same age, obviously. But no, no, right. I understand yeah. that. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll take that just quickly as I think. Like, how old were they? I don't know. How old are they now? I'm now they're in their upper fifties. Fifteen years older than us. Yeah, something like that. Maybe, oh, that's maybe pushing sixty. Yeah. I think that the biggest thing for me is the fact that there's no two fish shows that are ever the same, right? Most of these bands, they play the same set every single night. A tour of 30 dates, it's the same show every night. You go to one show, you may as well go to, you know, you don't need to ever go more than one. Whereas a fish tour, you're never going to see the same show twice. How many songs do they have? Oh, hundreds. 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 Several hundred. And uh, to add on to that, also, there's an important distinction between a concert and a show. Yes, I do and, tell. Well, a concert, someone comes in with a repertoire sure. and, and goes you through exactly that for you. Yeah. you know what you, exactly. This is a show. Like you have no idea what you're going to get. It's different every time. Do they have an idea when they come out there, or are they just Depends like you know? Who what? You ask, but generally not. No, they just. Well, at this point, they have so many songs to choose from. Yeah, and no. they they're like telepathic with each other, so it, they can just. I, I do want to say just real quickly, we we have a, a pretty big fan whose brother is a recently been a not recently the past whatever 15 years or so is a legendary known fish fan for being at the front row of every single show and taking pictures uh of the band and actually being able to sell them his name uh, is ezra landis and he's become known in the fish community as being like the guy that's literally at the front row every single show really easy yeah. rider <laughs> that? so they started when in the 80s the mid 80s yeah mid 80s and they were like in their 20s then or I guess yeah, they or, were in co- finishing college, so yeah. twenty one, twenty two. Okay, and so when you say that every show is different, you're not just talking about the the song selection. You're talking about the way they play the songs, right? Yes. I mean, a lot of, a big part of Fish yes. is the improvisational yes. oh, aspect really? of yeah. their music. Oh, I don't, okay, like a song yeah. could be sure, no, twenty minutes right. long, and I don't know, you might have a. It's an experience, right? As John yeah. was saying, it's I mean, not, you say it's people a, go around. Uh, do people recognize people from Fish shows? Like, yeah, it, sometimes if you yeah. go to hundreds and yeah, other sure. people go to hundreds. And I like in terms of like fish. Let's say I go to like a Cubs game. Like, so you're never going to recognize. Right. Yeah, you have people go to Cubs games, but you have, you know, a lot of people might go to 30 games a season, but they don't recognize each other. Like, do people recognize each other because yeah, at fish shows? Yeah, I mean, I've, we have friends who've been to a couple hundred shows, and they have sort of like a network around the country of friends that they've met at shows that they meet up with at various times. Absolutely. Can you give me your number of shows, Josh and John? Oh, mine is dwarfed by Josh's. I don't know. It's it's over 100. I don't know exactly the number, but it's it's a lot. Are tickets to fish shows like like the same as other musicians? Or In would you say prices? it's... Yeah, prices, yeah. Uh, is it harder to get? I mean, is it easier to get? It's, 
I think it's similarly priced. I okay. mean, they're, you know, they're not cheap. No, but, okay. Yeah. I think they could probably sell it for a lot more than they do. Uh-huh. And people would still buy them. And they'd still go, so. You know, I went to a couple of shows with John. You want to tell us about, first of all, where, when, why, how? So here's the story. Was so it at Poplar Creek? <laughs> no, it was not. It was, uh, we were going to Philly. Um, there were two shows in the middle of the week. This is last summer. Two summers two ago. Two summers ago. Yeah. And the story starts. Well, so we, we had plans to go. We had tickets. You were going um, with other people also? A couple other people was were going to go. Show, you were flying together? We're flying together. We had we had tickets together. But why would you go to Philly? Aren't they <clears throat> everywhere in the country? Because the way it worked out with like the nine days and like the uh-huh. Shabbos. Like it was, those are the okay. two weeks I were going to see. I wake up at like six something, um, and our flight was supposed to be at like ten. John was on a different flight than me; um, he was supposed to fly earlier. So uh, I get up and I look at my phone, and I see a text from John saying, "Do you want to ride?" And from like four hours ago, and I was like, "Do I want to ride where?" He's like, "To fish." Like this is all via text, and I'm like, Are, "Like it's in Philadelphia. Like we're flying to Philadelphia." <laughs> so apparently, John's flight was canceled because of weather. So <laughs> instead of a normal person. <laughs> Like either not going or maybe getting another flight, he decides to, right? Get, tell me if I'm wrong. Well, so I mean, my flight was at my flight was at like six in the morning, right? I was going to fly to Philadelphia. It was in Hershey, Pennsylvania, Hershey, and Pennsylvania, I was going right. to drive in with a friend from Philadelphia to meet Josh in Hershey. And um, so I got up at like three thirty in the morning to catch a six o'clock flight, and I opened my email, and my flight's been canceled. And it was it wasn't even weather; it was the staffing. Like they didn't have anyone to fly the plane. Wow. They just canceled me, said they scheduled me for a flight the next day. I was like, well, that's not going to work. So, I mean, I had, let's see, was that 16 hours till showtime? I looked up how far it was to drive. It was a 10-hour drive. Get in his car. So I got in my car and so I left. So then I text him, like, are you serious? He's like, I'm in Ohio now, wherever you were at that point. Yeah. Right? So I yeah. actually got in a flight. My flight took off on time. And I get off the plane. And it was like a bad travel day. I, I was delayed. And I was just cranky and tired coming off the plane. And I get a message from John when I when I land. I'm like, you know, I'm looking for a cab, and he's like, the hotel called me, and, <laughs> and they're overbooked. And in my head, I'm like, you know, that that doesn't happen to like regular people. That's like in the movies, like overbooked. Like, what do you mean I had right. a room? He's like, they're overbooked, and so they called me, and I said I was going with you, and so I gave up your room and said we would just share a room. Now, a normal person would be like, okay, cool, like you know, what's the big deal? Like, we'll share a hotel room. Now that people know, Josh isn't normal. people this know is a little the... bit about some of my anxieties, <laughs> and I'm like, in my head. So John, so and again, I have to like play cool because John is like this normal, like doctor sweet guy that you know, yeah. yeah, doctor. Like I can't like freak out. So I'm like, ah, oh, that that sounds great, John. Yeah, let's. <laughs> meanwhile, <laughs> you're having a full blown panic in my attack. Head, I'm like, what's get, what am I gonna do? Like this, like I can't. Not just with John, I couldn't share with anybody. And so I'm okay. Let, you know, let's let's figure it out. So he. Graciously picks me up from the airport. We go to the hotel. Well, while we're on that topic, it actually dawned on me how incredible it was that we we were talking. You texted me. You were off the plane as I was driving past the sign yes. for the Hershey Harrisburg Airport. Uh, I was like, "Going to pick you up." So he so that it was a big. He picked me up. It was like right on time. It was amazing. So and literally, he's been driving for like fifteen hours. Um, so we go to the hotel. I think that the drive there is worth it. It's just like when the show's over, and now like okay, you have to go home. Like oh no, right. I got to drive back. Yeah. Like, that's the drive back wasn't as fun. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like the whole pilot you're anticipating like, is gonna be great. Fun, right. Yeah, I'm back. So I'm we like, go oh. to the hotel, and I go to the front desk, and it was like you know in Hershey they're not like great hotels. I forgot what the name was, but it was, you know, the nicest one in Hershey. So I go to the front desk and I'm like, you know, I'm checking in and I said, you know, I was told you gave away my room. And they're like, yes, we're so sorry. We have a, con- we have a convention or something. And I was like, but 
I booked a room. Like, you can't give up the room. I mean, I paid you the money. Like, so then I was like the whole Seinfeld bit with the reservation. Yeah, that's what I felt like. Like, And so they ended up giving me back the room and with uh, a person in it, though. No, with John. They gave us some points, right? So it ended up that we had our own room and everything was fine. But I just remember thinking, like, as as he's telling me this news, like, what what am I going to do? When's the last time you shared a room with somebody that was not your your wife? I was like, you know, like when I was like much younger, but like not not for a while. Did you used to travel with Noah years ago? Yeah, I think for business. Not for business. I don't. We've we've gone to shows together. Okay, so w- there was obviously a period of time between when you found out the news about the room, and then you got to the hotel, and they told you, "Yes, you can have your own room." What went through your head? <laughs> like, what was your planning? What were you going to do differently? How did you process the information? Well, I, I, in my head, I knew I was going to have to get the room back because, like, there's no way they can just take the room away. So you weren't that worried. I was worried because, like, they could do whatever they want at their hotel, and I'm, what am I going to do? But Ethically, I was thinking in my to myself, like, how can they just say it's overbooked? Okay, so what were you gonna do? At the end of the day, all of a sudden they give you like two room keys, like, okay, your room is down the <laughs> hall, and like, so you both start walking. Like, what is was your plan? Yeah, I mean, assuming two twin beds. I mean, look, John's a normal guy. Sure, so, like, I would have been fine. You know, would you have left the TV on at night, just like noise? Well, I have a noise machine that I, oh, okay. that I take with me, so no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> For real? Yeah, absolutely. I use my phone. Even right? when you're alone? Yeah, yes, my phone Especially makes sound. Especially when I'm alone. Yeah, because it's like, yeah. I need, a, I need a white noise. Right. So I have a special machine that I travel with. Is there anything else you travel with that's interesting? Many things, but we'll get to that at some other point. Okay. A travel ride. episode. <laughs> okay, so you go to yeah. the show, what, it was two shows in a row? Two shows. Really, you know, first one was okay, second one was a lot better, um, and it was just, it was a good time. And this was our first show since the, the pandemic hit, so yes, that's, why, pretty, that's yes. why it was so yes. exciting, and that's why I was, in, I was not going to be canceled. Was there any flight, masks the flight or was anything not like that? Or that was, that was very, very over. Very <laughs> My buddies from Philly were mad at me for not wearing a mask, and there was like 20,000 people with oh, no yeah? masks. Right. Yeah. yeah. Can I tell my experience of going on a fish show? <clears throat> Please. Alpine Valley, maybe 2009 or 10. Went with three friends. None of us were fish fans, but we decided to check it out. I was probably there. I'm sure you were probably there. I wasn't there. You were not there? I was in Cincinnati. Cincinnati. A lot of the a lot of these tours of any of these bands, they all the ones that play Alpine Valley every year, it's usually Friday night, Saturday night. So whatever it is, when you could catch a Sunday show, mm-hmm. I would always go. So Or we, Friday night. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So <laughs> he, he would walk. Yeah. <laughs> walk from his house. Yeah. No, I, I've heard of people staying at like the hotel nearby. Yeah, I did that walking. Delavan, Wisconsin. Oh, you did? Yeah. I never would even consider doing that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so we go to the concert and it was all new to us, right? Number one, we get out of our car in the lot. There's like a whole shanty town of weird, mm. weirdly dressed up, costumed mm. people selling, <laughs> I don't know what, anywhere, you know, paraphernalia. It's like a cult. Um, These, it's like it, a shakedown illegitimate street. is a cult. It's like, <laughs> sh- yeah, what's called? Shakedown, shakedown Street. street. Uh-huh. Right, Shakedown Street. So we had never seen that before. We get to the lawn and, okay, we're ready for the show. We brought a blanket, some whatever, like, you know, got a good spot. I don't know how much I can say on the show, but, like, it was weird. We were weirded out by people and what they were doing. It was a little scary. And uh, they played for a long time. It was great. At some point, they all of a sudden started playing, like, the Rosh Hashanah Avinu Malkenu. Yeah. And we were just blown away. Like, what is going on? They were, like, jamming out to the classic tune of Avina Malkenu. I can't sing, so right. I'm not going to sing it. And we thought we were hallucinating or something. And uh, then they were done. And we're like, okay, like time to, you know, solid, good time. Time to like pack it up. That was the first set. Get home. It's also like late. We're in Wisconsin. It's a Sunday night. So we all had like summer jobs. 
And as we're going, everyone's looking at us like, where are you going? Where are you going? <laughs> like, what do you we're like? What do you mean? They just played for three hours. And they're like, no, no, no. It's just that was the first set. There's going to be a second set. And we're like, oh, yeah, is there? We're out of here. For us. So we, we left after the we first left set. After, we, wow. we saw them for three hours. I think it was just there are two sets. Is that how there it works? There are two sets. Yeah. I mean, they probably would have played until 12.30, 1 a.m. But you know what? We had to get back. It's an hour and a half drive. So it was a good experience. It was a little different. I would maybe go again in, under the, the right circumstance. Most of the people there are like your age, middle age, no, older. Think, yeah, yeah, more people our age. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, it's all ages now, yeah, really. Back then, but, it was right. a lot younger. Back then, it was all young people. Is it yeah. the same crowd? I mean, there's another band that I have no idea, a single song of theirs, The Grateful Dead. Is it like similar to like... Like a lesser, they're a lesser version of The Grateful Dead. They, <laughs> yeah, they kind of took... Oh, they t- they tried well, to be The Grateful Dead. 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 Died, the so then they took off. Yeah, they uh, took the mantle. I don't know if I'm insulting you. They guys, definitely took the mantle. There... It's a different crowd. Um, there's plenty of overlap between the crowds. Who does more drugs? Which which crowd? <laughs> Josh, you want to answer yeah, that one? You <laughs> know, it's, it's, for me, it's about the music. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And you think their music is better than the Grateful Dead? I think they're different. Very. Okay. Right. I mean, it's all subjective, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, John. <laughs> besides for fish, quick anecdote I learned recently is that you brew your own beer. Yeah. What is that process? Why do you do it? Why do I do it? I like beer. I like to drink it. That's uh, that's one reason. <laughs> the other part of it is I like I like to cook, and it's it's basically like cooking. I mean, it's a recipe. You go through the process, take some time, and you come out with this product that actually, you know, as you know, if you've ever cooked anything, it tastes no, better when not. you make it yourself. How long does it take to, <laughs> to brew the beer? I've actually never cooked anything. <laughs> so the brew day itself, where you actually do the boiling of the the, the grains and everything, that that takes a good chunk of the day. It's several hours. And then it, it sits in a fermenting tank for one to two weeks and then it carbonates for a week and then it's ready. So it's about a three week process. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I just, <laughs> you can go to a store and buy yeah, it. Yeah. Literally this literally just happened the other day, whatever reason I was feeling the mood for a beer and we had none in the house. And you know what I did? I didn't cook my own beer. <laughs> To have it like in three weeks, <laughs> I went to Mariano's, went to their beer cave, and of course I got like the you know boring beers, but whatever it was, I'm like okay, like cold beer, and that was mission accomplished. Yeah, and hit the spot. Yeah, but this keg's going to be ready for the Super Bowl party. Yeah, so I could show up to the Super Bowl party with Are a keg invited? of my own beer. Are you going wa- to cool? wash the Super Bowl, Josh? So you make a whole keg at it one time. Yeah, five gallons. It stays fresh. Yeah, it's good for like six months after you brew. Wow. And do you switch it up with flavors mm-hmm. or anything? Is more like an IPA, a light beer? Yeah, I what do kind a di- different thing every time. I've, I haven't done this very much. It's a relatively new hobby. It's only my third batch. But uh, I'm doing like a brown ale, like an English brown ale, like a Newcastle. Is it more style. or less alcoholic or the same as like in a store? It's different ones. Different it ones? depends what it is. You can brew with different. This doesn't make yep. any sense. What happens what if it comes out? What happens <laughs> if you do it for like three, four weeks and it doesn't come out good? And you've got um, five gallons yeah. of. Try again. Piss. So you know you can. I mean, it's a living thing, right? So if you get, if it gets contaminated, you could totally ruin the batch. Like if you get germs in it, it's, it can totally ruin the batch. So, so, so you have to be very meticulous. This is like scrubbing into a surgery. So no, if we that's great. So what what kind of beer do you like to drink, and what would you say that the beer that you make is similar to? I like ales. Don't know what that means. Some of my favorites. Oh, like a, like favorites. A wheat, is that like, a, like a wheat beer? That wheat ale? beer is a type of ale, yes. Okay, look at that. Um, probably my favorites are sort of like a Hefeweizen, sort of those, you know, like a Hackershore, or a Hackershore is a... Coors Light? You know, <laughs> I've had Summer Shandy. Summer <laughs> Shandy. <laughs> and the orange one, there's an orange one also, they have like Halloween time. 
So it's like it's like a lighter beer. It's an or so they're they're more like the fruity flavors. Okay, like fruity spicy flavors as opposed to sort of like those heavy uh, heavy German. Actually, stuff. there's a yeah. there's a place in Evanston, a beer place, World of Beer. Yeah, I think that's what. It is. And you just pay like per like cup or whatever, like an ounce. That I, like a you, pint, maybe. No, no, it's like you can, you can fill get it up in as smaller amounts. So yeah, you can do whatever you want. Tastings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All right. So I mean, do your own flight. Right? Is that, have yeah. you gone to those? Uh... I've actually never been to World oh, of really? Beer. Okay. I, I do enjoy going to the various. I mean, do you guys know that Chicago has the highest concentration of microbrews in the country? Really? Yeah. I think I might There's something like 150 breweries in wow. the region. That's unbelievable. So the, the beer that you make is that like your favorite beer, or like you're just telling yourself like, oh, this is amazing. But no, I mean, it's a hobby. It's a hobby. Right. It's fun. It's it's fun. It's interesting. I like sharing it with people. And do you take special pride in your beer? Like you have to like you force yourself to drink it, even though like you would never buy it. Definitely. Like, and I know it's not as good as it will be, or as good. But as I'm something saying you're, I can you're buy, getting there. How long have you? Like, it's only my third batch. So okay. Well, okay. So, so we'll have I'm to try still it. on a steep learning curve right now. Do you have any ready at your house right now? Not at the moment. Super Bowl. So Super Bowl. It's in the fermenter right now. Okay, so I just know when to, when to yeah. be there. Josh can't come because he doesn't watch the Super Bowl. <coughs> Make him watch a really quarter. Not watch Why don't you watch the Super Bowl? He says I don't watch the Super Bowl. Of course I watch the Super Bowl. Oh, Do you watch I, the halftime you, show? You, have, you get forced to go to a, someone's house. No, I'm. You I, show up bitterly every year. <laughs> my, my son has a party now, so I have to stay. Uh, here. Uh, oh, that's yeah. cool. Well, where's he gonna have the party? We have to move the studio. Uh, no. No. <laughs> no, not allowed. Okay, get him a Sony Watchman, and he can sit with his friends that's, in the other room and watch you know, it. That's that's fair. Well, John, thank you so much for giving us your time. We appreciate you coming on. Hope everyone enjoyed and learned a little something from this episode. I learned a lot. Actually, John's my new friend. I, my, my what number? Well, it's good to meet you, y'all. He's not, not ranked yet. No, no, but he, he's he's up there. He's a chill guy, makes his beer, easy going. <laughs> he might be top 10. <laughs> he's a good dude. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's plenty of room for my list of friends. He's definitely top 20. So. And John is actually one of these guys that doesn't check WhatsApp every five minutes because he like works. So <laughs> oh, yeah. it was tough to get him on, but thank you for coming. That might hurt their friendship. Yeah. One last thing. Is, is there like a fish uh, WhatsApp group that I can be added to? There's several. There's <laughs> lots. Are you, in, are, are you we're, ready? We're in like three of them. <laughs> are you, are you <laughs> together in any of them? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Even though there are limits of like 250 people? Well, these are smaller ones amongst our friends. Amongst your friends. Yeah, okay. like, a, like a crew. When's the next show? They have not announced. They haven't uh, announced it yet. Am I invited? Of course. It'd be great to have you come up. If you bring some beer, maybe I'm in. Yol's only been to one concert in his life. <laughs> that is correct. That for real? And we're not going to reveal. We'll end the episode, and you can tell him offline, because that will be for a later date. You have to save the material. Sure. Gotcha. <laughs> well, Sign, thanks, guys. Take us Signing out. out. Thank you.